This episode of Life After Blindness is dedicated to my wife, Jennifer, and my daughter, Alyssa, and to all of my immediate family who support and love me so much. I love you all. Hello, my name is Tim Schwartz, and welcome to the Life After Blindness podcast. This week, I'll be talking with Miranda Vradenberg. She is a certified personal trainer and nutrition specialist. She'll be talking with us about keeping to our health and fitness goals. And later in the show, I'll talk about where I've been the last several months. All of this and more coming up in episode 23, where your life after blindness journey continues right now. Hello and welcome to Life After Blindness. This is the podcast where we are dedicated to the exploration of an enabled life with blindness. I'm your host, Tim Schwartz, and I want to thank you so much for joining me. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can send an email to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. And if you'd like to check out the show notes, you can visit lifeafterblindness.com slash 23. That's lifeafterblindness.com slash 23. Coming up on the show this week, I'll be joined by Marana Vradenberg. Marana is a certified personal trainer and nutrition specialist, and she is blind. And she'll be talking with us about how to keep to our health and fitness goals. Later on in the show, I'll be trying out a new segment called Tim's Tech Tips, or T3 for short. And this week, I'll be showing you how to go into Twitter and turn on the ability to add captions to describe images that you may tweet out on your Twitter feed. And then coming up later at the end of the show, I will spend a few minutes talking with all of you about where I have been and what's been going on with me the last many months and why there haven't been new episodes of Life After Blindness. But first, I'd like to start off this week with a segment that I call Because of My Blindness. This week's Because of My Blindness story comes to us from a wonderful lady named Carol Decker. I recently got to meet Carol because she's written a book about her life called Unshattered, Overcoming Tragedy and Choosing a Beautiful Life. Ten years ago, she became a triple amputee and went blind, and the book details her journey through all of that, and I recently interviewed her about her book and her journey. I'll be sharing that interview in an upcoming Life After Blindness Spotlight episode, so be on the lookout for that where I interview Carol Decker. Here's a portion of that interview where Carol shares with me her Because of My Blindness story. So before we wrap up, I always like to end with a question that I find insightful, helpful, sometimes inspirational, sometimes just totally silly and ridiculous. Depends on you and your answer. So I have a segment on the Life After Blindness podcast called Because of My Blindness. And I want to ask you, Carol, in your life and in your situation, since you've lost your vision these last 10 years, is there something in your life that's happened to you whatever it was, inspirational, funny, silly, educational, something that happened to you that because of your blindness, it may not have otherwise have happened to you. You may not have experienced it if it had you not been blind. Well, because of my blindness, I feel like I've become more creative and used my brain in a different capacity. You know, I think that I was a very visual person before I lost my sight and I had to really relearn in my brain how to, to do things differently, uh, to think outside the box, you know, start listening to an audio book or a tape in a different way. And that creativity has led to me becoming a public speaker and sharing my story in, in a fun way. And then, you know, being able to write the book, you know, I never 
thought that I would be an author and a writer. Um, and because I asked for help and I have a co-author that helps me with that, uh, I was able to accomplish something that I never thought was possible. No, I think that's a really great way to look at it and to know that within yourself, you were able to find that creativity and tap into that part of yourself that you, maybe you knew was there, but you were able to branch out and expand on that. And like you said, with the help of your co-author, Stacy, who, by the way, does a fantastic job with the narration. If anybody picks up the audiobook, she reads it very, very well. And, and you really get a depth and an understanding of your story through her reading of your book. So I, I do encourage people, uh, if, if they get the audiobook to take a listen to that, but you, you are able to find your creativity through what you've gone through. So I think that that's a great lesson learned for yourself. Yeah. The other thing too, because of my blindness is that I see people in a different way than you would if you could see them with your eyes. You know, I see them for who they are on the inside, um, what their potential is and maybe what they don't even see in themselves sometimes, which is a really cool thing to, to meet somebody and, and find out who they really are. Thank you again, Carol, for sharing your Because of My Blindness story with us. And please be sure to check out her book, Unshattered, Overcoming Tragedy, and Choosing a Beautiful Life. And if you'd like to send your Because of My Blindness story, please get in touch with me by email. You can send your story to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. Next up is my conversation with Miranda Vredenberg, who is a certified personal trainer and nutrition specialist. And she's going to talk with us about how to keep to our health and fitness goals. So my very special guest this week is a certified personal trainer and nutrition specialist, as well as a white belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So don't mess with her. Uh, my guest this week is Marana Vredenberg. Marana, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. Now, some people may remember Marana came on last year as part of the Because of My Blindness segment. So if anybody recognizes her, that's where you may have heard her before. And she gave a great uh, description of things that have happened to her because of her blindness. So I encourage people to go back and take a listen to that. But like I said, this week I'm talking to Marana about health and fitness. So Marana kind of talk to me about how, you know, if you haven't gotten into fitness for a while, or you've not been exercising or you're, or you're just trying to start out, what are some things that you recommend to, to get going with that? Well, the good news is that it's never too late to start. So if you've been away for a while or you've never done it, there's always a starting point for everybody. And um, just in getting started, I just recommend starting with simple movement. You know, if you enjoy walking, starting to take those those morning walks. And, and if you can't go long distances, you know, just getting out and, and going as far as you can go and each day trying to build on that until you're getting up to a decent um, distance. Or, you know, if you have a gym near you, getting into the gym, if you have access to tandem bicycles or something, you know, that's a great, it, bicycling is a great way of getting out and getting some movement. Just really, my best recommendation is to do the things that you like to do, that you enjoy doing, um, that get you out out and get you moving. That is the, that is the key. Now, that being said, sounds like there are those simple things you can do. Like you said, getting out and walking, or if you can tandem bike or very simple things like that. Is there anything that you recommend as far as assistive devices for the blind or apps or anything like that, that might aid people a little bit more, motivate people a little bit more to, to keeping with their fitness goals? 
There are a number of uh, fitness apps that are out there. I personally haven't used many of them. I do use one um, called Intervals for high-intensity interval training. Um, that is a type of training where you are active for a period of time and then you have periods of recovery. So the, the purpose behind high intensity interval training is to have periods of exertion followed by a period of recovery, getting your heart rate up and then bringing it back down. And so the interval timer that I have is just called intervals. You can find it in the app store. Um, it does have in-app purchases. Um, but that is just a timer where I can set the uh, different times. So if I want a 30 second period of activity and then want a 10 second period of rest, I can um, set it to alarm in, you know, at the 30 second mark and then again at the 10 mark. So I know when my periods of activity and then my, my periods of rest fall into play. Um, there's also one called seven. Um, that is a seven minute high intensity interval workout that has just basic exercises like jumping jacks and wall sits and step ups and stuff. And each of them have descriptions in, in the details so that it, it'll explain to you the, the movement. Um, there are some others out there that I haven't really played much with. Um, the trick is finding them that are accessible. Uh, is is the biggest issue, but um, most of them, in regards to accessibility, do have some sort of workaround. If they're not completely accessible, they're mostly accessible. And from what I found, um, developers are are happy to talk with you and work with you on on you know implementing some accessibility. But um, those are the two that I use and and would feel comfortable recommending. Yeah, I'm familiar with the Intervals app, and I do like it. I like it a lot. We have a elliptical-type machine here in our home that's called a Gazelle, basically just almost like a ski machine or like a cross-country ski machine, but they call it a Gazelle. And I'll do the Intervals app with it to, to get me you know, 30 seconds or a minute of high intensity and then slow down or, or pause for, you know, 10, 30 seconds, whatever, whatever the interval might be. And that intervals app is really good for that kind of timing, as well as the fact that the intervals app works on the Apple watch. So not just on your iPhone, but you can actually have it buzz and an alarm on your Apple watch. So I really like that recommendation uh, to pick up on that too. Um, we've talked recently here on the podcast about the new app from blind alive, their eyes free fitness app. People can check that out. I know that's accessible that that's designed for the blind. Uh, and then recently I actually found Marana and a, a skill on the Amazon echo. That's a workout skill. I believe it's just called my workouts, uh, where it walks you through audibly all your exercises and workouts and describes them to you. So, um, from my experience, that's something else I think people could take a listen to because it doesn't have to be made accessible because it is by default, because it's just through your echo. So, uh, something there to look at as well. That's really nice. Yeah, I didn't know about the the echo and and such. So I will I'll definitely have to check that out. The nice thing with the the intervals app I think is that really you can implement any sort of cardiovascular exercise. So if you have a treadmill at home or like you if you have a gazelle at home or if you have an elliptical at home or even just jogging in place or if you have a step in your home, you know, you can you can step at a at a slower pace and then speed up for for 30 seconds and then slow down. You know, just as long as you're exerting yourself and then following it with a period of recovery recovery, you're getting the same effect. So it doesn't really matter where you do it. You don't have to be in a gym, you know? So, um, that's, that's one of the definite perks in, in my opinion. Well, yeah, that's absolutely right. It's something as simple as, like you said, you know, marching in place or jogging in place and then doing a little bit of a cool down. Or even if you're living somewhere where it's good weather this time of year and getting out and maybe doing a light jog or, or a power walk type 
uh, you know, walk or jog or even run, uh, you know, in your neighborhood if you're if you're able and capable to do that. And then just slowing down to a nice leisurely walk for the shorter period for the interval. Just moving around and moving your body and, and keeping going is going to be a big help no matter what you do. Absolutely. You know, think of all those out there with guide dogs. What a better companion to go out and and go for a walk, you know? I mean, dogs love to get out. My pup, I I mean, I don't have a guide dog, but anytime I grab her leash, she's ready to go. And and that's always nice to have uh, you know, somebody to tag along with you. So that should be good motivation for some people with service animals to get out and, and about and get them some exercise too. Now, as I mentioned before, you are a certified personal trainer and nutrition specialist, and you're also in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I do want to talk a little bit about the more advanced things that people can do, not just the basics that we've talked about, but getting into a little bit more uh, of an advanced type exercise or things that people can do. But first, before we get into that, I want to have you, if you could just take a moment, if you could, and and tell people a little bit about your vision and, and your vision loss I certainly, I lost my sight about, it'll be 13 years ago on May 7th of this year. Um, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes whenever I was nine years old. And so, um, you know, it's a common, uh, complication that a lot of us suffer. And it was after my sight loss that I really realized that in regards to my health, I, I really need to get a hold of things, um, you know, if to prevent further complications, that was my main goal at that time. And so, um, I, I had been into, you know, working out before, but it was more, uh, for physique than it was for health. And, and so this time I was coming at it from more of a, a health approach and wanting to keep my blood sugar stable and wanting to be fit and, and such. So, um, I just slowly started working out again. I had a treadmill at home, thankfully. So I started using that and then that kind of has just evolved. And, um, you know, I ended up joining the gym and, and as my, my fitness level increased, as, as I started reaching goals and, and stuff, then I just found myself wanting to kind of push myself more and go a little bit further and, and stuff. And that's whenever I, um, you know, started doing, uh, actually some bodybuilding tra- building training at, um, the gym. I was working with a trainer who, um, was out of Vermont. We were just doing stuff online. And so, um, started working with him and that was going okay, but I was finding that in regards to making sure I had correct form and and all that kind of stuff. Um, it wasn't working out so well. And also, um, I had started Brazilian Jiu Jitsu at that point. One day I was actually leaving the gym and, um, I had kind of a creepy experience with a guy who pulled over in his car and was yelling at me, telling me to get in his car. He wanted to take me home. It's like, well, this is really bad. <laughs> so well, yeah, I thought, you know, yeah. if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be out and about and traveling around on my own, I really should probably learn some self-defense because at least then I can fight. And, um, I, uh, called up one of the academies here and, um, spoke with a gentleman there and let him know ahead of time that I was blind, which I would recommend anybody do before you go into any sort of a fitness facility or, or join a class, really want to make sure to get in contact with the instructor so that they're expecting you and you kind of chit chat. So they know, so they kind of have a game plan. Last thing you want to do is really catch them off guard. You know, this is a little side note for you, but, um, I contacted him and, and fortunately he had actually worked with a, 
one of his teammates, whenever he was training to get his black belt, um, one of his teammates was a blind guy. And so he was a little bit familiar with it. And I went down there and immediately became a part of the family. I fell in love with it. And, um, you know, that's how that journey started. And, um, so yeah, but, um, that's kind of where my, my fitness, you know, endeavors took off again, was just realizing that I needed to take control of my health and then slowly, you know, starting slow, just walking on the treadmill and, and, and starting to increase from there. So, um, which is what everybody has to do. I think a lot of people have this idea that they got to jump into it, you know, all deep and, and whatever, and, and that they got to be the best ever and and stuff. And it, it doesn't start that way. It takes a lot of training, a lot of discipline and consistency and all those sorts of things. So. Absolutely. It does. I agree with that. And you touched on my next question a little bit. So I want to pick up on this a little bit more uh, because I definitely think it'll be important to have you come back sometime uh, again and talk about Brazilian jiu-jitsu and self-defense and, and how that's helped you. But but in this conversation, I want to focus on, of course, like I said, the fitness and the health and, and, uh, and getting motivated and continuing to be motivated. And you talked about going to the gym. So we're talking now maybe a little bit more advanced type of fitness than just things you can do at home or around your neighborhood. Tell me about what people can do that maybe they have uh, started to exercise more. They're getting a little bit more fit. They want to maybe join a gym or get out in the world and do more quote advanced type fitness things. Do you have any suggestions for people in that situation? Yeah. In regards to gyms, the thing that I have found is that, um, the gyms that are most willing to accommodate blind people in regards to, uh, assisting them around. I mean, because when you walk into a gym, you've got music playing, playing, you've got weights clanging, you've got machines going, you don't really know who's on what machine you got equipment that moves all over the place. And it can really kind of be a dangerous place, but a lot of gyms don't have the, the staff to facilitate navigating somebody around. Um, and I've experienced it where they wanted me to pay for a personal trainer every time I went in just to have somebody navigate me. And I mean, at 50 bucks a pop and if you're going five days a week, that gets really expensive, really fast. Sure. And so, um, if people do some research to find out if they have a gym near them that is owned by a medical facility, for instance, um, here, the one that I go to is owned by our local hospital. So if they are an affiliate of, of a local medical community, that would be a great place to start because those places are usually better staffed and they have a vested interest in your health. Um, they also offer a lot of things like body fat testing and, um, you know, they have a trainer that you can check in with once every few months and they'll kind of evaluate you and give you like a, a brief overview of a plan, show you how to work the equipment, give you a walkthrough. You know, they're really accommodating in that way. Um, even so, if, if those services are not available, just, just going down and, and talking with the people at your gym to see what kind of staff they have available, shop around and, and see, I would go to the place that is best, um, staffed for, you know, assisting somebody around and, and helping them because I, I mean, speaking from experience, it's hard to walk into a gym where you don't really know where equipment is and even the best 
travelers I know, if they go to the gym independently, they kind of use whatever machine they stumble across. So it's really hard to stick to any sort of a program or like a training program whenever you, whenever you're doing it that way. Um, so I, I would, I would start out with trying to find whatever assistance or if they have a, a friend that would go with them, you know, maybe try to find a training buddy, somebody that would go with them a few times a week to get in there or to get in there and stuff. I'm also looking into classes. Um, depending on what type of exercise you like to do. There's so many different types of classes available. There's, there's spin classes. If you like doing biking, there's yoga classes. If you enjoy yoga, there's, um, uh, different like weightlifting and, and stuff like that, that they do. Um, there's TRX, which is like a, like a suspension type device that, that they do classes for. So just so many different things available at all different levels. And, and that's a great way to get in there. And again, you know, maybe meeting with the instructor ahead of time so that they, you're aware that they're, you're coming in, they'll ask you what kind of help you're going to need. And then during class and stuff, if you need some adjusting or whatever, they'll come over and, and kind of assist you along and, and stuff like that, which is really nice. But yeah, if you're wanting to get in there and get a little bit more serious about it and, and actually start pushing yourself a little bit more, um, finding somebody that can um, help facilitate. If you are wanting a training program, I would be happy to write a training program and nutrition program. Um, you know, that's always something I'm willing to do is consult with people and, and then they can take that in the gym and execute it and we can consult and stuff. Um, or, um, just going in and, and seeing what services they offer and, and taking advantage of those as best as you can. And I think it's a really important point you made about asking questions. We should never, ever be afraid to go in and ask questions, even if it's just phoning the facility first, or if you just walk in with somebody or on your own, talk to the trainers, talk to the people that work there at the gym or whatever facility you're going to and ask those questions. Is this something that I can do in a group setting? Can I get somebody to help me? If not, can I bring a friend in? Is, is this going to be accessible? And they may not have all those answers. They may have to work with you personally to figure that out, but it's worth asking the question because you may find that something that you didn't think was accessible or they didn't think was accessible might work just perfect for you. And so I think that's very important. Like you said, to, to be in contact and ask those questions and then just try to, to participate as best you can, uh, whether it's a group environment or, or on your own. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're getting in there and moving, then that's key. So I have found that a lot of the machines at the gym, as far as like cardio equipment and such are accessible, but, um, if they are not, then most facilities will allow you to bring in, uh, braille dots and help you mark the machines to make them a little bit more user-friendly. Okay. Yeah. That's actually a really good advice too. I, I hadn't thought about that, that if you ask, of course, and explain to them what it's for and what, what you need it for, there shouldn't be any reason why they wouldn't allow you to, to do that. So I think that's a really good idea. So that takes me into then another question before we wrap up here, Morena, about home gyms and doing things at the home. We've talked about easy things you can do in and around the home. We've talked about going to the gym and doing some really advanced things. Is there any particular exercise device or equipment that the more advanced user could, if they have the means, of course, could get just for the home. Say they're a person who can't get to a gym or they, they don't have a gym that's, that's easily able to be accessed or, or, you know, navigated and they want to get something just to do it at home. Do you know of any accessible or functional things that a blind person can use in the home for more advanced exercise? You know, unfortunately, it's, it's hard to say with the different equipment and stuff. Most of them are going to be need to be marked just with the way technology is going. Everybody wants the flat, sleek surface and such. Um, I have a spirit treadmill 
And that one is pretty tactile. So while it's not meant for accessibility, it still is easy to, to use. Um, but any piece of cardio equipment is going to work. I mean, my best recommendation is to not worry so much about accessibility because that can be figured out later on, um, just with, with some simple marking and stuff. Um, my biggest thing would be just to do and find something that you enjoy doing. Um, you know, if it's something that you hate, chances are that you're not going to stick to it. And really the, the, the key to, to being fit and to sticking to something long-term is consistency. So you want to find something that you enjoy doing, something that you can put on your podcast or, uh, you know, some music or something that helps keep you motivated that, you know, before you know your workout's over and you've gotten it in for the day and stuff that, and, and also combining that with a good diet and stuff, and you should be well on your way to feeling better and looking better. And in my own experience, the, the better you feel, the more you want to keep doing it. You know, I'm not sure which suggestion or advice I like more, making sure you're doing something that you love to keep going or listen to the Life After Blindness podcast while you're doing it. I, I, <laughs> I love that suggestion. We'll, we'll definitely make note of that. So, Marana, I, I want to thank you so much for bringing your knowledge and expertise to this uh, topic for me and really helping me out here. If people want to get in touch with you or get more information about what you do and what you're involved with, how can they do that? Uh, you know, they can email me at marana.vradenberg at gmail.com. That's M-A-R-A-N-A dot V-R-A-D-E-N-B-U-R-G at gmail.com. I know that's a long one, but uh, um, that would be a great way. Or they can find me on Twitter at Marana Loop. Um, I'm always happy to answer questions on there, um, you know, or I'm also on Varel as a sassy lassie, the strangle artist. You <laughs> <So, laughs> got all these nifty screen names going on here. But yeah, you hit me up anywhere or even contact you, Tim, and you can get in touch with me and let me know that somebody's trying to get in touch with me. I'm more than happy, like I said, to write training programs, to consult, to write nutrition programs and uh, get people well on their way to uh, to a more fit and healthy lifestyle. Very good. And I'll definitely make sure to include your email links and everything in the show notes so people can find those at uh, lifeafterblindness.com slash 23. So they can find all those links if you weren't able to get the uh, spelling down just right and get in touch with Miranda if you have any questions or need help with your fitness. So again, Miranda, thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll look forward to having you on again. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you so much, Marana. I will be having her back on in the future to talk with us more about health, fitness, and nutrition. So if you have any questions for Marana, you can send those to Tim at lifeafterblindness.com, and I will bring those up with her the next time she's on the show. Now I'd like to turn to technology and share with you a brand new segment that I'd like to call Tim's Tech Tips, or T3 for short. T3 initiated. Twitter is a very popular social media service among the blind and visually impaired because of how easy it is to share short bits of text. But if you share images on Twitter, however, without taking a couple of easy steps first, it may make it difficult for blind and visually impaired users of Twitter to fully have access to what you're trying to say in your tweet. Twitter now allows you to caption or describe any image that you place inside one of your tweets. First, in order to do this, you have to activate this feature. To do this, you'll need to enter the user menu by selecting your icon or Twitter image. Once there, go to settings and privacy. Then 
go to Accessibility. Once you're in the Accessibility area, scroll down until you find a toggle that says Compose Image Descriptions. This needs to be turned on. And that's all you need to do. Once you back out and compose a tweet, you'll be presented with a new box that allows you to compose an image description for any image that you add to any one of your tweets. This will now enable a blind Twitter user to use a screen reader like VoiceOver to find out what your shared image is all about. As I said at the beginning of the show, I wanted to take a moment to talk to all of you about what's been going on with me the last six or seven months and explain why I haven't really been able to put out new episodes of the podcast or create new content or even do a whole lot on social media for that matter. So the last many months, I've been dealing with some pretty crazy medical issues and that caused a whole lot of other problems to crop up for me as well. In 2016, I had lost a whole lot of weight. I was working out and uh, eating right and doing a lot of good things with my wife. And we had both lost quite a bit of weight and we're really doing well and getting ourselves healthy. And then all of a sudden, getting into 2017, I gained all of it back plus a whole lot more. And I really didn't understand why. And late into the year, into this year, 2018, my doctor diagnosed me with some hormone imbalance issues. We weren't really sure what caused it. Really, to this day, we're not quite sure what caused it. But that hormone imbalance then caused some other issues to occur with me. I ended up having some anxiety issues and depression and then some other health issues because of the weight gain that I had. And so for the last six or seven months, I have been going between doctor to doctor and having test after test to try to figure out what's been going on with me medically. Ultimately, what happened is they found that the hormone imbalance fixed itself. It righted itself somehow. I'm not quite sure how that works, but that part took care of itself. And slowly over time, after that corrected itself, a lot of the other issues I was having seemed to get better as well. I was able to lose quite a bit of the weight again. I have been able to work with the doctors on other ways to get myself feeling better, different medications and, and things like that. And ultimately, I'm now at a point where I'm very happy and I'm much healthier than I have been the last six or seven months. I've gone through many, many tests for a while there. There were some issues with my blood and they were testing me for lymphoma and cancer, things along those lines. And thankfully, I can say very happily that I don't have any issues like that. And all the other issues that were being hindered or caused by the weight gain and the hormone imbalance seem to be correcting themselves as well. And so I'm in a really good place right now. I wanted to tell you all of this for a number of reasons. One, of course, to explain what's been going on with me, but also to let you know that if you're experiencing something like this, if you have something medically or professionally or personally, something that's causing anxiety, depression, causing medical issues, you're not alone. There are other people out there that have these things happen to them very regularly, and, and it's not out of the ordinary. These things can happen, and you definitely want to work closely with your physician or other doctors to find the proper treatment and get the proper help that you need. And with the help, love, and support of my family and my friends, I'm in such a much better place now than I was medically, physically, emotionally, mentally, everything is so much better than it was.
That being said, I was able to find other outlets for my energy and creativity the last six or seven months. It may have been very difficult for me to put together my own show with the planning, recording, editing, all those things that go into putting up my own podcast and developing the blog and social media and all those kinds of things. I may not have been able to put my best foot forward with that. However, I did have a creative outlet in the other two shows that I'm a part of because quite honestly, for those, I do very little of the planning and I show up and give my voice, lend my voice and my opinions for an hour or two a week and then step away. And that's where I participate with Stephen Scott and Sean Priest on two different shows, one on the RNIB Connect Radio in the UK called RNIB Tech Talk, and the other is Double Tap Canada, which premieres each week on the AMI audio station in Canada. And I want to thank the two of them very publicly, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest, because along with my family and my close friends here where I live and my doctors, Stephen and Sean have been so gracious and so good to me. And it's been like therapy for me to work with those guys and show up each week with them and have them kind of pull me out of the place I was in for a couple hours a week. And so to them, I just want to say thank you so much. I'm very lucky to have those gentlemen in my life to help guide me through what's been going on and to take my mind off of things while I was doctor hopping the last many months. So what does this mean for the future of life after blindness? Well, quite honestly, I want to continue to do my very best to provide to you the best content that I possibly can, not just with the podcast or the website and blog, but so many other things that I want to do with mentoring and teaching and guiding people within our community and doing my best to present the very best content that I can. There's so many things I want to do and so many places I want to take life after blindness. And each and every one of you can help me with that. I want you to send your stories to me, send me your questions, your comments, anything that you want to provide to the community, anything you want to provide to me for me to share with others, anything at all, good, bad, or indifferent. I want to be on this journey with all of you and have you join me on this journey as well. So subscribe to the podcast, visit Twitter and Facebook at Labcast on each of those platforms. Follow me there. Help share the stories that I share. As always, you can find out more information about this show by visiting lifeafterblindness.com. For the show notes to this show specifically, you can visit lifeafterblindness.com slash 23. And if you do want to get in contact with me and share your story, share your journey, or ask a question, or leave a comment, you can send your emails to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. Please join me again next week as we continue our journey together to find that there truly can be a life after blindness. Take care, everybody.